The million dollar question, how do entrepreneurs transition from self-employed to owning a business that turns a profit? My name is Chris Waters, and this podcast has the million dollar answer. Welcome to CEO Secrets. Chris Prefontaine, welcome to CEO Secrets. How you doing, man? I'm awesome, Chris. Thanks for having me, my man. If you're watching this by chance on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button if this is your first time tuning in. This is CEO Secrets. I've got an incredibly experienced operator that was both in the real estate brokerage space for 18 years. He owned a realty executives franchise and he then uh, pivoted full-time into real estate investing. Chris Prefontaine, welcome to the show, man. Thank you much, Chris. Can't wait to dive in. So as you well know, listing inventory is crazy low right now. I like, I want to get right into it. Um, You're actively acquiring deals. You're doing deals all across the country. What are some of the um, silver bullets on the lead generation side to find listings right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, what's interesting is like as a real estate agent, you're trying to get a listing, but you know, you use tactics that could help you get a listing and potential deals, uh, you know, where maybe you partner with investors or whatever, you know, really maximize your opportunity for, for every person you get in front of. Yeah, I actually, let me preface it by saying when I was doing homes and we did a hundred homes a year, it wasn't like we were just piddling around with it. But if I knew how to add this, tack this on to what you're referencing, I would have done a lot better and I would have developed some wealth instead of just one commission deals. And that is a couple of things. On the lead front, we don't fish in different waters, so to speak. We do hit the expires and the FISBOs, the for rent by owners, and we do hit pretty heavy the free and clear property lists, meaning there's no mortgage on the property. Uh, off market, no mortgage. But in addition to that, I think where the key thing that differentiate themselves is going to come is once they're on the phone with the seller, because Chris, if they can learn how to buy on terms, lease purchase, owner financing, if they can learn how to do those strategies, they're going to differentiate themselves in the market. They're going to be totally different. They're going to be the authority, the expert when it comes to talking with a seller and saying morally and ethically, what's the best, what's the best route for you? Is it going to be less conventionally? Like I always do great. If not, I can buy it. And here's how Uh, I wish I knew how to do that back when I was cranking homes as a, as a realtor. So you mentioned you guys target all the stuff like expired drawings, FISBOs, et cetera. But something you said that I think is important for the audience to pick up on is you also target properties that are owned free and clear. I'm curious, what exactly are you doing from a methodology and tactical perspective to get engagement with that audience of prospective homeowner? couple things, postcard or phone call by virtual assistants. We rely heavily on virtual assistants, so we're not spending money unpredictably on mailings, but on occasion we'll do some postcards to get in the door. And the big piece there is think about it. If they were in need of cash, presumably, they would have yanked out of the property already. So these people are usually financially set up well, they're financially savvy, they understand their options, and they're usually the ones that we like to chat with about doing an owner financing deal. But, but see, as a realtor, you get the best of both. You got, hey, I can get you this money now if you want the cash now, or if you can wait for your cash, which a lot of them can, we can do an order financing term deal over time. So on the virtual assistant side, are you using people in the United States or using people on other countries? United States, everyone asks me that. Yeah, we we have a great team that we've trained to call our style, you know, for, for terms deals. And they just open the door for us. So the conversation is real simple. Are you open to lease purchase or owner financing or other terms? And if they're even remotely open, 
we're getting that lead and calling it. Okay, and so how are you finding your virtual assistants that are doing the outbound prospecting? We have them in house now, actually. We started by finding one way back in like 2013, and then we've slowly built a team just to referral and people they knew. And we've got about eight of them now that, that do calls for us and our associates around the country. When I say the word associates, just so everybody's clear, that just means they're a student with revenue sharing and doing deals with them and teaching them. So like, is there a job board where you find reps that'll do outbound prospecting like upwork.com or something like that? Um, you can do that. We just haven't had to. So, you know, we get that one, we got one guy back in 2013 started working for me personally, doing my dials. And then he just started adding team members and then word of mouth, you know, because there's virtual assistants in a lot of different markets. We've built our own team that, that are kind of like, like-minded. What software do you give these guys for outbound prospecting? What kind of, what dialer are they using? Uh, we we all use FreedomSoft. We've white labeled it and customized it for our workflow, but it's FreedomSoft basically. And is that a single line dialer or multi line dialing? Multi. Where and where are you guys getting the call data? All the data is in FreedomSoft. So we no longer have to buy a list or anything. We just can call up different niches within FreedomSoft. You know, free and clear, tired landlords, uh, expires, all of it. Uh, we also use My Plus Leads. My and what's My Plus Leads do? My Plus does just expired FISBO and for rent by owners. Okay. And so this Freedom Voice system, it, you tell it, like, for example, I want every phone number of every property in my county that's paid off and they give you the phone numbers and you can call through it. You won't always get every phone number, but in general, what you just described, Freedom Soft will pull lists of any category. Yes. Have you ever tested using something like LexisNexis? Um, I haven't personally, I'm sure one of my associates around the country have, it's just that we've now got, man, oh man, probably several hundred people on that platform and loving it, you know, so they're, they're very responsive to us. What are the KPIs for these inside sales reps? How many calls do they have to make? How many appointments are they trying to book? I can tell you, I'll give you some metrics that, that I've lived with for many years now. Every time they hand us a lead sheet, it's just someone that said, yep, have someone call me. I raised my hand. It's going to take me around 11 of those to get an appointment. So I'm going to call 11 sellers that somewhat raise their hand. I'm going to get an appointment, virtual or in person. Now that COVID's here, 17 of those, I'm going to get a, a, what we call a taken. It just means we signed a contract. So for a realtor to be a listing, or if they learn how to do this, a contract. Uh, and 25 of them, we have a we have a check in hand, where we filled the property with a buyer who needs time. We do rent to own. So those are some rough metrics. So hang on. So I got a lot of questions around this. So how many <laughs> at the top of the funnel, how many, yeah. how many numbers do you hand to the inside sales rep? How many do you give them? Like, what's that look like per month? Yeah, that I don't have Chris. Cause they'll, they'll pull the download and the feed in the different markets that they're in from my plus directly. It could be, you know, 300 expires one day. It could be 10, as you know, but in all those categories, they're pulling those. I, all I care about is when I sign on a VA, I want, two leads per one hour that they dial. Two leads coming to me per one hour that they dial. That's our metric that we set them up for expectation with. And a lead is basically somebody that, you know, you get their first name, last name, and they raise their hand at like, maybe at some point in the future, they'll be interested in selling and they, they set a callback. Exactly, they didn't say no, get lost. Yeah. Okay, so you just for clarity, one, you say one lead or two leads per hour? Two per hour. Two per hour, so sixteen. So, so your ISA rep's goal is to generate sixteen leads a day, and then well, they don't work full time for each associate. They only work like five to ten hours for per week for an associate, and for us. 
Okay, but I think, did you say at the beginning for every 16 leads you generate, you get one deal pending? I get a contract, yeah. How fast do you get that contract? Meaning how many, uh, from the appointment day or something? You know, like for example, your inside sales rep gives you 16 leads. Like how long do you have to work those 16 leads before gotcha. it turns into a deal? All different. If we're doing our job correctly, we're focusing on motivation, then it could be anywhere from literally instant one weekend to I've had people come back to it three years later. That's a per deal question, you know? How much do you pay your inside sales reps? How do they get they paid? They get paid. All these virtual assistants are, are subcontractors and they get paid anywhere from six to $20 an hour. Plus incentive. They, yeah, what's the bonus if they book an appointment? Well, the associates can do what they want with them, our students. But when we do it, we do $50 bonus if they get a, what we call taken. And they get $250 when we sell it, fill it. Okay. And what's the difference between somebody getting paid $6 and $20? Uh, quite frankly, whatever their background is, where they came from. Because a lot of people came from virtual assistant companies where they were used to get next amount and we'll say, what do you, you know, what do you need to get started? And then the good ones will up level quickly. Got it. Hmm. Okay. So you got, you know, handoff 16 leads, you've generated an appointment. Um, I'm just going down the funnel. Like when you think about, I guess you and your associates go and meet the people face to face, right? Well, uh, I mean, with COVID, it, we're doing a lot more virtual and it's acceptable finally, right? We started about a year before COVID and it was tougher. But now it's acceptable. So we do the FaceTime or we do uh, Zoom calls. And so, I mean, obviously there's sellers, you know, the motivating reasons they sell are, are whatever, death, divorce, financial stress, whatever. The thing I know about owner financing is like you can actually sell a property above market value when you sell it with owner financing. Are you using that as kind of the value like prop when you talk to the consumer on the Good question. phone? Yeah, good question. So if you're a seller, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, we are going to structure a deal with you that's principal only monthly payments. So it's a major, major recession hedge. So if that's the case, I don't mind if I have to paying you a slight premium that might equal in my mind, two to three months extra principal payments. So if I'm paying you a thousand a month towards you holding paper, I don't mind up in your price three, four grand maybe because I'm going to eat that up in three or four months. And if I got a four-year, five-year deal and that principal is pounding down, I'm cool with it. Wow, that's pretty game-changing. Principal only, owner financing. Holy oh, it crushes the, your, your profit's huge because of that. Wow, that's amazing. Um, okay, so anybody tuning in right now on uh, Facebook Live, uh, if you guys have any questions about this strategy for Chris, please chime in on the chat box. This is freaking game. This is freaking bananas. I just learned something, man. I'm, I'm like, holy <laughs> this is amazing. Let me give you a, Chris, let me give you a metric. Uh, let me give you a slight metric, but, but you can go to the bank with this. So if you find a owner financing deal that's free and clear and you have a, a purchase price of at least 200,000 and up, that's a lot of markets and you're structuring at least a $900 monthly principal payment and you get at least a four year term, those three criteria, you have a six figure deal the way we cash out. We create three paydays every single deal, three, not one. So you got a six figure deal every time you can do that, guaranteed. It's just how many of those can you find in a year? Interesting. Again, for you guys just chiming in on, I see some people plugging in on Facebook Live. If you're watching this on Facebook Live and you have any questions, what Chris just shared with us 
is a, a pretty incredible strategy to take a, a list of leads, which are property owners that have a home that's paid for, and then leveraging, you know, a, there's lots of data sources out there to pull phone numbers, taking those property addresses, finding the phone numbers you can find, handing it off to an inside sales rep, and using owner financing terms as a value proposition for the consumer to sell their house above market value. Again, these are properties that are paid off. And then on the term side of the deal, when you actually write up the contract, it's a principal only payment. And uh, so anybody that knows anything about the amortization schedule of a loan knows that a principal only payment is freaking bananas. Um, so man, I want to figure out how do I, how can I, this is a serious, this is a really serious question actually. And this is for me personally, Chris, uh, while I wait for people to chime in on Facebook live. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of finalizing the paperwork for a REIT, a real estate investment trust underneath yep. the security and exchange commission. And, um, it's, it's going to be a closed ended fund, probably raised about a hundred million bucks. I could get, you know, I can get debt financing on top of that. And I'm looking at different strategies from a cash deployment perspective. How could I go about acquiring like a thousand of these, these deals per year? Yeah. So the good news is we don't even put money down, Chris. And there's exceptions. We bought a house. You mentioned Cape Cod earlier. We bought a house on the bluff at the Cape and it was $945,000 home from a realtor, by the way, Punchline, who sold it to us owner financing. But we did put like nine grand down and paid our closing costs. But that's odd for us. Usually we do not put money down. Only thing you'd need capital for on these is to pay the transfer tax of the owner that the owner usually would pay because you can't expect them to do that if you put no money down. Now, could you with some funds like that, get a better deal on these by putting some money down? Absolutely. We're looking at a deal now in Narragansett, you're familiar with Rhode Island, where the guy wants 10% down. If we do that, he'll give us 10 year terms. That's just wow. killer. Yeah, so you wouldn't need all of that, but you could do some serious damage with being able to offer the owner that and get a little bit better price and still get a great term. So Chris, what am I missing? Like, what's the biggest challenge and roadblock with this strategy? Like, what do you uh, think is the hardest part from an execution perspective, picking up these deals? Two things, confidence in themselves and a lot of the realtors already pick up the phone. So that's one hurdle. So in other words, the people in our community that do extremely well have that, they're confident enough to get on the phone. Because as you know, it's not necessarily descriptive, but it's how you go about it confidently. Secondly, it's managing expectations. I say those numbers, yes, they're great. But then people think from the late night commercials, they can jump in it and tomorrow they're going to find one, right? It takes time. I tell people, put the blinders on for 36 months and hang out with us and you'll create something you never recognize. But it's not a four month, I'll try it. So managing expectations and uh, confidence and belief. And if you don't have it, fine, build it. We'll show you how to build it. Have you like looked at the, the market across the United States from a macro level and identified what's the total number of people that have properties paid off that would fit your buy box and would likely be willing to take a deal where it's principal only? Uh, I haven't done it from a percentage standpoint yet, but meaning how many I could get in our community because we're all over the country. However, roughly speaking, a third of the properties in the United States are free and clear, a third. It's a wow. big pond efficient. There's enough deals for you and me and everybody else. Like you won't have to worry about getting deals. So how many, how many deals are you acquiring using this strategy per month? Uh, okay, so we do the owner financing like I'm describing, but we also do lease purchase and subject to purchasing. Those three types, we're doing like 25 or 30 of these a month right now and growing. Tell me more about lease purchase. Sure. How do you structure uh, the only thing you, 
if there's listeners specifically in Texas like you, you can't be in the middle of a lease purchase. In other words, you can't do a sandwich. But if you own it, you can do a lease purchase. So here's what we do for, for everyone. Hey, let's put some numbers to it, Chris. Let's say that you're a seller and you didn't sell in the open market, whether you were a physical or expired, doesn't matter. You didn't sell. And you're at, we agree that your house is maybe worth around 300, but you didn't get it on the open market and you owe 250. Lease purchase, I'm going to say to you, first of all, I'm going to say, can you wait for the 50 grand? If you were to get it, could you wait? And if you could say, yeah, then I'm going to say, great, I'm going to do a lease purchase. And that means every month I'm going to pay your underlying debt on your behalf. It stays in your name, but I'm going to write the check and I'm going to collect higher check monthly from my buyer. And then at the end of the term, let's call it 36 months, on or before that term ends, I'm going to pay off your loan. It's going to be lower than 250 now, so I benefit, but you're going to get your 50 cash locked in from the beginning. That's why a lot of sellers will do it if they have the, the wherewithal to wait for their cash out. That's it. We take up all responsibilities for maintenance, repairs, upkeep. We pass that to our buyer, but we take all that off the shoulders of the, uh, of the seller. So with COVID, a lot of people, we, we were busy before, but we're like three times busier because people don't want others in their house. They want closure. They want debt relief, all kinds of things going on. So that's helping us a lot right now. What do you need personally in your business to scale it faster? Quite frankly, it's not because we do it, but you're going to need someone to show you the path or you're going to stumble a little bit, right? In any business, the, like success leaves clues. I just had Evan Carmichael on my on my show. He's quite exposed on, on social media. And he said the same thing. Like, why wouldn't you find whatever business you're in, realtor, restaurant, doesn't matter. Find someone who did it. That's all. So that's going to be a fast scale. We do it. We seek out coaches to help us scale. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm asking you personally, like, what do you need to go from personally from 25 acquisitions to 100, 200, 300 a month? Oh, that's easy. That's just more associates doing it with us. And we're scaling associates rapidly. We'll bring on like 70 more this year. So it's by application. They have to apply in their area and get accepted. So the inside sales piece is relatively easy, but yeah. um, finding the associates that will take those leads and convert them into deals, that's the tricky part. Yeah, we're getting, a, you know, if you're out there and you're in corporate America or you're, you're dabbling in real estate and you got something else going on, like this strategy right now, this term strategy in the next nine months, you can, if you if you get after, you can parlay like a decade of income with the right deals, really, because we have three paydays, like I said, per deal. How are you finding uh, associates to join your network and what's that recruiting or what's that selection process look like? Yeah. So they come automatically through, we have a podcast ourselves. And so we're pretty exposed there, uh, 96 different countries. We've got a great YouTube channel where we post all our deals. Like these deals you and I are talking about, there's over a hundred on YouTube, go look them for free. And so people see that, uh, they see that we're a family culture. They see that we're pretty, we're from New England, right? So we're pretty blunt and to the point, like it's not hard to figure us out. This is what we're like, if you like it, great. And then if all that matches and you wanna get behind that niche, you have to apply. One of the levels you have to actually submit a video why we should accept you. And then we look at the area because there are some areas that are protected and we want to make sure we're not putting people on top of each other. And are, are you bringing these people on, on 100% commission or are you also giving them a salary? They're actually in their own business, Chris. They actually have their own company, their own LLC. We consult and do deals with them up to 10 deals. And then we're out of their life if they want us to be, but we revenue share on all those deals. So we're in the trenches saying, hey, Chris, let's call that seller. Let's work that buyer with my son. Let's, we're doing the deal together, but it's in their LLC. It's their deal. We're just helping them. If you had the capital, would you go about hiring 100 W-2 salaried associates across the country to oversee the conversion process face-to-face? -face? No, absolutely not. 
Because that to me is like a big, big, big adult daycare. That's what that versus I got a bunch of people in their own business that are passionate, that are hungry, that have been through, you know, they're coming from corporate America. They want it. It's a different animal. No, it's just not our model. It doesn't mean someone couldn't do it. It's just not our model. Why do you sever ties at 15 deals? It's actually 10 uh, because, look, they pay us a fee to, to, to be part of the program, depending on how fast or slow they want to go. And then we realize that life says, hey, after 10 deals with me, Chris, it's not that you've got every deal because I still see deals that are different. That's why I love the biz. But you've got enough to be dangerous and get a foundation. And quite frankly, after 10 deals, you've amassed anywhere between a million and two. So a lot of people say at the end of their deals with us, they say, look, you guys are like a family now. We don't want to leave you. So we have an option. They can hang around, just pay a fee and not rev share. But they don't have to rev share anymore after that. You ever, um, are you doing this just in the single family asset class or are you also uh, going across, for example, office, multifamily, hotel, et cetera? Yeah, great question. You can do this with like any class. You can do it with boats, cars, right? It's just terms. It's been done since 1800s. But most of our deals are singles. Uh, my office building that I'm not at today, I'm at home. My office building was bought on owner financing, no underwriting, no microscope, looking at everything you got. So we could do it in any building. We've done six units, four units. It just, it just depends where you want to focus. I can try to do it in any class. Interesting. I like the singles because, especially now, this, I don't think, in my opinion, people are going to stop either getting married or living together and buying the house, right? So they're always that home ownership thing. And so the single families works well as a base and then you can go off. So you mentioned 25 to 30 acquisitions per month. What percentage of those are coming from a result of your inside sales team versus postcards? Oh, it's not much postcards at all. I'd say maybe a deal or two a month is, is postcards. We just don't push that hard because it's it's putting out money and I don't want to and I don't want our associates to put out money unless it's super predictable or they've, they're at a point where they can play a little bit. So 90 to 95% of the deals are a result of the inside sales team. Yeah, the virtual assistants. Yeah. Are, are your virtual assistants complaining of contact rates dropping because people's cell phones are now saying spam? Uh, no. The only thing that's increased is how many dials they have to do to get the leads because a lot of the pockets around the country right now are, as you know, screaming hot. So it just takes more dials. So that, that number of 17 might move to 20-something for some people or 30 just because they got to dial more people. But as long as they know that and the metrics are there, it's okay, you manage that expectation. At the end of 2020, uh, what's the, the government, I forgot the name of the government agency, they manage do not call list and um, yeah. all that stuff. They passed a law that requires the cell phone providers now to be responsible for flagging you know, people on a, on a dialer that are you know, robo-dialing. If the market shifts where you have to be essentially an attraction-based lead generation business and this you know, idea of outbound prospecting, people that have their properties paid off, that like did not work tomorrow, what would you right. do? Two things. Number one, the expires and FISBOs are always going to, FISBOs are always going to be there, right? So you can call them. Secondly, we are teaching, we have an authority course and one-on-one authority training to do what? To establish them in their market as the authority by way of YouTube, by way of podcasts like you and I have, by way of a book, other attraction marketing so that they can be attracting that ideal avatar. Now that takes some time. So to your point, because it could change any day, we're hammering that in our community. Like be the authority, here's how we're teaching that. I just had a guy in my podcast to talk about that again today, but I think it's super important to your point. Interesting. 
So have you tested any other lead generation strategies besides postcards and inside sales and the brand building stuff you were mentioning? Not really. The phone calls for us have worked awesome. So we really haven't ventured out. Um, I know you're you're in Delaware. I'm curious. Have you have you heard of this? Um, it's actually we're in Rhode Island. I, I mean, I'm sorry. You're in New England. Yeah. Um, in Rhode Island, but uh, there's this strategy uh, to help homeowners sell their property called the it's called DST. It's basically a way for you to sell your property and not incur capital gains. Like whenever you do a 1031 exchange, you have you have all these tight timelines in terms of how quickly you buy another property. I'm looking at my notes right now. Yeah. It's called the Delaware Statutory Trust. Yes. Um, um, I'm not familiar with it. I had a gentleman on my podcast and I have a task sitting in a sauna to dig into it. It smells like something he said, but I, I don't know of it. No, I'm not going to pretend I know what that is about. Okay. Got it. Anyways, kind of interesting strategy to help people sell their properties and not incur capital gains. Um, I'll dig into it. Thank you. Okay, so tell me about your um, your book. When did you publish your book? Where can people pick up a copy of it? What would you say is the greatest thing they'll learn from it? I'll say a couple things. Thank you for bringing it up. Okay, so we have Real Estate on Your Terms, bestseller in 17. It got revised during COVID. We just happened to be doing it over, so it's very, very relevant, and that's the revised Real Estate on Your Terms. I'll, I'll give you a link here in a second. Just remind me to get them a free electronic version if they say they heard us talking about it, but they can... If they're dead set on a hard copy, it just got republished in November. They can go on Amazon. The book you mentioned earlier is called The New Rules of Real Estate. That was bestseller last year with my son, uh, Nick, and my son-in-law, Zach. Uh, so two different things. The Real Estate in Your Terms is kind of what you and I are talking about, A through Z, how to build this. And then The New Rules of Real Estate, kind of different in that it takes a lot of the guests that were on my podcast, different niches, different way to attack, say, if you're a realtor or a broker, different way to tack things onto your biz in different niches and different experts. I have 24 of those in that book. So that's a little different. Real estate terms is all about us. New rules is all about kind of the changes in the market and the different niches available. Um, if you guys are watching this on Facebook, go ahead and put in your email address in the comment section and I'll pass it on to Chris so you can get a digital copy of his book. Uh, so just chime in on the uh, comments and I will get you guys a hard copy. Appreciate that. That's awesome of you. Thank you. No problem. Um, cool. So uh, how many associates does it take? I mean, how many associates do you have to close 25 to 30 deals a month? Uh, we've got 110 that, that, are, that populate our Slack community, the Wicked Smart community. I'd say out of that, uh, Chris, is probably to do those types of deals. I'm picturing my leaderboard every month. There's probably 10, eight or 10 that are that month active doing deals, you know, to produce that many. Uh, but we've got about 83 total active right now. We, when we say active, we consider the active being someone that shows up for the weekly calls, is out there prospect, you know, doing the doing what we teach at some level. They don't. It's their goals, not ours. You know. That's a lot of people that close 25 to 30 deals. They all have a goal. I can tell you what the goals are across the board in our community. One to four deals a month. Our deals. I should have qualified this earlier. Our deals, all three paydays, are worth. Our company, personally, our family company, we, we average around 75 grand and the associates average 45,000 to a high of 250,000 in higher price markets like DC and Cal. So that, you know, when you can structure one, two, three, four of these a month, you're putting some serious paydays on the books because it takes over time to cash them out. 
but but again, I mean, I'm just thinking from an organizational perspective in terms of like units, total units, like 80 plus salespeople, and then you're closing 25 to 30. That means on any given month, there's a lot of salespeople that aren't closing any deals. Yeah. Now, remember, these aren't salespeople. I guess that's the big distinction. These are people like me and you that are in their own business and they could have a job, they have family, they have everything going on. They're not, a lot of them are full time. In fact, many of them are full time. So they're doing this niche some of them in hopes to go full time and some have, but most of these guys are doing this as a, it's their own business. They go as fast or slow as they want. They're not our salespeople. You know, I can't control that. I want them to hit their goals and whatever their goal is, I want to help them. Okay. So your entire network is doing 25 to 30. How many is just your personal team doing? Three to five every month for years. Three to five a month. Yeah, and you're and that's and those eight inside sales reps are the ones that help bring in those three to five deals per month. They also work for associates too. We we just have one dedicated to us. Okay, got it. Yeah. So yeah. one so one dedicated full time ISA rep could help you do three to five deals a month. Yeah. And then yep. how many? Um, you've only got on the phone. Yes. And if you have the right associate, like on your team, for example, how many how many can somebody do per month? You said one to four. I've had back-to-back months of 10 a month myself when I was single dialing on a phone, no dial, you know, you know, back in 13, 14. So it just depends on how aggressive they want to be and, and how good they're on the phone. What do you see uh, transpiring in the years to come that could be like a roadblock to your success leveraging this strategy? Uh, we talk about this often on our, on our offsites. Um, laws and re- regulations because in every market as you know wholesaling rehab it doesn't matter there's always a bad egg that tries to abuse the system right so we hope that that doesn't happen and, and laws don't clamp down on different strategies but, but since they've been around since the 1800s uh but in texas you can't do a sandwich why because somewhere years ago someone screwed it up and took advantage of the consumer so that's one issue the second is technology like with covid and how things have pivoted to virtual that's not going to be a hurdle if we can stay with it Got it. Talk to me about on the um, disposition side. So you get somebody to sign a contract. You have the ability to purchase it principal only. How are you turning around and executing on the disposition side? Yeah, we sell almost all. There's an advanced strategy. We wouldn't have time today, but almost all of our start as a rent to own with a buyer who truly can qualify. They're not just wishing they might buy someday. We get them underwritten so that if there's credit repair or whatever, down paying debt, uh, increasing down payment, whatever it might be, we're working on that and we have a set time frame to do such tasks to get them mortgage ready. So they're gonna come in as a rent loan and they're gonna eventually get the end loan and cash us out. There's advanced strategies to do some owner financing with that, et cetera, but again, probably in a different show. So rent on the rent to own side, what do the terms look like for the renter? What percentage goes towards the uh, principal balance? Uh, nothing goes to principal on a rent to own because then they have no incentive to go get their loan. So they just, they have a lease vehicle until they're mortgage ready, but they lock in the price. That's the biggie. So they are locking in equity as if they bought it and they are taking care of the home as if they bought it. They just don't have a loan yet. How are you advertising rent to own? Like, are you putting in the MLS saying, Hey, this is a rent to own option on Zillow. Like, gotcha. We don't use MLS because you simply don't have to. You you can, and we have, but that might be 1% of the time. So just rent to own, no banks, no bank qualifying, uh, because we just want the people that are stuck, for example, with COVID right now, that said, hey, rates are great, but I can't touch the criteria right now. They've pushed the bar up so high, and there's a lot of that right now. So just rent to own, no bank qualifying, things like that, to, to have a conversation with them, to open up their eyes to 
what's available to them, give them a pathway they thought was gone. What's the most profitable way to do this on the disposition side for, for you personally? Is it um, selling the property with owner financing or doing rent to own? Owner financing would be more profitable because I'm going to stay in that deal 20, 30 years, right? But so what we do, Chris, is if I have a house sub, subject to, for example, where I have no clock ticking that I have to cash out the, the seller or the past seller, then I'm going to put a rent to own in there with some criteria that they have to prove themselves. No lates, all your deposits are in because, you know, we want a down payment, you're a buyer. Once that's proven in a year's time, we have it at the Cape right now going on, then instead of them going to the bank and going through all that underwriting garbage, they will own a financing because they've proven themselves now. Uh, and now that deal that was maybe three years for them to get on a front, uh, for them to get bank financing just turned into a 20, 30 year deal. That's great. That's my favorite. That's a long-term more profitable strategy. How many deals do you have in your portfolio? Uh, we carry anywhere between 35 and 55. Always. We're probably in the high thirties right now. So let's say you, you get a uh, consumer to go th- down the rent to own strategy. What's the term? When can they buy it? Yeah, I, that's going to depend on the criteria that the credit enhancement company gets back to us and says, hey, we spoke with Chris and his spouse, perhaps, and their mortgage ready date should be X. And X is usually 18 to 24, 24 to 36. They give us a range. And if that fits with our deal, we accept them, given everything else being in place, job, you know, income, et cetera. So when you set up a deal with a uh, property owner, when you're going to acquire the deal and you have to set up like a balloon payment at years three or four, what happens if you have somebody you know, that's leasing the house or owner financing it and come that three or four year mark, they're not in a position to you know, close the loan on it? Yeah, it's happened. Uh, two to 5% of the time this happened. So if there's time, first of all, it wouldn't be the nth hour. We'd know if you weren't doing what you're supposed to do to get qualified, we'd know and we'd leave like a year buffer. So there's time to either refill it with another rent to own if there's a life event that happened to the buyer like COVID or sell it on the open market with a realtor, done that, or sell it on the open market for sale by owner, done that if the owner can't extend. And that brings up the third option, which is call the owner and say, hey, look, we need more time, something happened with the buyer, whatever, and get an extension. All those are options that we've exercised on. So there's a pivot for everything. Did I hear correctly that um, if you do more than a certain number of owner finance deals per year, you have to go get a mortgage license? Yeah, you just can't, but that's per entity. Okay. And that's selling, not buying. Okay. So you can't, okay, you can buy as many houses as you want with owner financing, but you can't sell. Uh, What's the limitation? Per entity is a limit. How many is it? Dodd Frank, I don't want to quote it incorrectly. It's either three or six. Uh, the reason I'm not, that's, I don't even know because I'm not concerned because we don't do enough in one entity, you know, to, to warrant yeah. that. Interesting. Chris, this has been amazing. Can't wait to read your book, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. I have an inside sales team of about nine people. And um, get them queued up. And I have about, you know, we have about 30 sales reps. So I'm excited to share this with them and see what kind of momentum we can get. I'm kind of just, you know, out loud thinking how many people do we have that actually own their properties for cash? And the other thing is this probably, I mean, maybe I'll I'll just ask you, is is this more effective with lower price point properties? You know, like the lower end? I like like medium, uh, median, excuse me. I like the the stuff that moves. You can do it at any price, Chris, but you're going to move and and generate those three paydays in that median range in a given market, which obviously is different everywhere. Yeah, seems like in the luxury market, this may not be as effective. It's a little slower. The one at the Cape for us is a million. That's up. That's as you know for Cape Cod. That's that's up there, but it, it it's not a problem as long as you have enough other variety in your portfolio. You don't want to do all of that. You'll be slow. 
Is it the disposition that's difficult of like a higher end property? Yes, usually. However, right now with COVID, the jumbo loans, as you probably know, are tougher. And so they're coming to us for the same houses they were trying to buy before. We get the house in agreement, they come to us and they do it because they just need time. Knowing what you know now, let's say, for example, you didn't know this strategy of terms, but you do know how to generate a lot of leads. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time 20 plus years when you got into real estate, what are the lead uh, generation mechanisms you would be using to generate listings? Uh, see, I'm going to give you the old school uh, two two things. One's old school, one's new. Uh, phone. I, I've always been phone, even when I was a realtor. Just it's about the phone. You got to talk to people. But the second thing is this authority piece. I think is enormous. Uh, people are screaming right now to have a guide. Like they just want help. Like to give me a guide. That's a consumer index in the United States says that. So the authority piece is huge. They want someone they can trust and that they can use as a guide. And they ain't going to know you unless you've got some kind of a authority brand out there. And so some of the ways you can do that, you mentioned is writing a book. There's companies that'll help you. There's individuals that'll help you write a book, kind of like your business card. It's an authority piece. It's an attraction piece. Uh, podcast, got a buddy of mine that helps people do podcasts in our community. Um, and then of course, YouTube channel. Everybody can do that. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get it started. So one of the things that I view as one, of, I think one of the biggest challenges, like with social media, for example, is, you know, like, let's take any market across the United States. If you're a real estate agent, let's say there's, you know, half a million homes, like single family homes. Yeah. Out of those half a million single family homes, there's only 2,500 people per month raising their hand saying they want to sell. And so let's say you push out a bunch of content on YouTube and social media and all this stuff, like, you know, you you are pushing messaging out to the entire United States and the likelihood of getting your message in front of that local potential seller is very difficult. Yeah, you, you get a million views a month. Okay, this is huge, this question. You would not ever, ever, ever push that out that broad, ever. You would establish your avatar. You'd establish very fine, the complete opposite, very fine. Like this is the age group, this is the area, this is my specialty. You'll get more business, not less. And when you speak directly to that avatar who you defined, you'll attract them. You're going to be speaking their language. And there's a process to get to that point. Guys, again, put in your email address in the comment section. I want to get you a free copy of Chris uh, Prefontaine's book. Chris, this has been amazing. Thank you for all the nuggets. Um, I'm excited to implement this term strategy myself. I can't wait to read your book. Um, Thank you for being on uh, CEO Secrets. I loved it, Chris. Your questions are awesome. I could have dove for another hour. I wish I didn't have a live thing coming up. So let's reconnect, buddy. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if this is your first time on, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, whatever. Hit subscribe. Stay tuned for our next episode to come next week. Bye, everybody. Want more CEO secrets? If so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Million Dollar Real Estate Team, at www.themilliondollarrealestateteam.com for free. Inside this book, you'll find my top secrets that we've used to net $1 million in just three years.